Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. I'm your guy, Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnBurnerBro. Today, we'll talk about everyone's favorite newcomers, Bruno Caboclo and Tyler Dorsey, and some breakout games that they had this week, and a good strong week for the Grizzlies. Also, we have an apology to JV and his D, and also we toss around some of our favorite memories of Mike Conley. As always, we're brought to you by Blue Note Bourbon, which is a artfully crafted bourbon straight from the heart of Memphis, a city known for its deep roots in music. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcasts, and you can subscribe to the Barnburner Podcast Network to help support us. You can also find us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. All right, then. Let's get it. Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. And as of the time of this recording, on Saturday night before uh, Grizzlies take on the Clippers tonight, Grizzly won two out of the last three games. Things are kind of exciting. Um, we have some corrections to make on the show. Um, but a lot of good stuff to talk about. A lot more Valanchunas, Mike. Those guys are firing on all cylinders. Uh, but with me today, I got Mason and Sam. Sam, we'll start with you. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. It's a nice Saturday here in the M. Uh, I got beauty shop for brunch, which is delicious. I highly recommend if anyone's ever been to beauty shop, they got a really good brunch over there. Uh, really good beignets. And then I uh, recently watched the Michael Jackson documentary on HBO. And boy, is that a harrowing experience. And now every time I hear Michael Jackson, I think of child molestation, which is bad because Michael Jackson plays all the time everywhere. But uh, damn, it's a, it's a tough watch. But honestly, it's very informative. And uh, I, I recommend if you can make it through it. So don't go. You're not like Jones and they get to Rafers, I guess. 
No, no. But usually when I get to Rayford's, I'm drunk enough. Like I'm in the right level of drunk to where I just don't really understand the music necessarily. I just hear like a constant beat. Yeah, maybe you won't associate it with that at that point. I hope so. I hope so. But Ray, talk some grits. It's been a while. Yeah. Mason, what's up? What's up, man? Been a great week of hoops. Uh, Maybe not for the NBA, but for... The, the tournament March Madness has fucking went to another level this weekend we had some great games the final four set we got uh Texas Tech Virginia Auburn and Michigan State not what CBS wants for their broadcast uh for the viewership but should be a, a fun fun final four nonetheless Grizzlies been winning JV's been going ham had a 34 and 20 game last night just ridiculous six straight double doubles Mike's scored in uh, at least 20 points in nine straight. So at least we got Ooh. the Grizz. You know, Memphis Express blew one last night with the help of the refs. 901 FC fell in a close one to uh, the Red Bulls, too. But uh, the Grizz are winning, so uh, let's keep it up. Yeah, for sure. A couple news and uh, notes before we get started. So uh, Deonta Davis, who was part of the Garrett Temple trade this summer uh, for the Grizzlies, sent him out to Sacramento. But most recently, his activity, he signed a 10-day contract with the Hawks earlier this week. Uh, and he's played in three games, 26 minutes so far. With, and he's, got, he's amassed eight points, five rebounds. But the, someone posted in the Grizzlies Reddit a picture of the someone in the Atlanta Hawks subreddit talking about Davis, and they didn't really have very many nice things to say about him. <laughs> it was just kind of funny to go down memory lane. It's like, yeah, we, we've been there. We, we know the like what to expect, the kind of effort that it perceives that he puts out. Uh, and another note, the Grizz have signed Dusty Hannas to a 10-day contract. If you've been to a Hustle game or kept up with the Hustle or Grizzlies PR or any of those uh, Twitter accounts, uh, you know that he's a sharp shooter, 41% shooter from three. Uh, he's averaging 14 points a game to help kind of bolster our guard play and stretch the floor for the Grizzlies potentially. So I think I want to say he's the hustle, like all time leading scorer by all time. I mean, two seasons, but I mean, that's still pretty cool. So we'll see if he gets some run uh, in these upcoming games towards the end of the season. So this week, <laughs> that's two great pieces of information, man. I really appreciate that. I'm, all about, I'm on the 10 day contract news. I got this <laughs> The transactions. <laughs> The most interesting thing I got from that was Vince Carter just can't give up on Deontay Davis. <laughs> like, yeah, is he is living he with one, Vince again? Yeah. Is, that, is he the one that he built the room for? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Deontay said he had never been there not once. So uh, the weirdness continues, man. <laughs> that's uh, that's the outsider <laughs> shit. That, that, they, they always are on that story. So. Yeah, I have Vince got an Etch-A-Sketch and put in there, and he put like one of those, <laughs> like, one of those race car like, rugs where you have the roads on it. And Deontay, that's pretty ungrateful to him, man. He's trying to develop the kid. Oh, man. Dusty Hannon, shout out, man. Congratulations on, on the 10 day. Uh, Dusty Hannon is a great uh, sports name, too. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he, he was close to uh, 50, 40, 90 this season. I don't know what he ended up with, but when he came on Berno a while back, he was close to 50, 40, 90. That's pretty legit. I'm shout okay out to Bill Yeah. Um, so uh, earlier in the week, a game that I don't think we probably thought that the Grizzlies would do so well, but we got to see some interesting stuff. Thunder, uh, Grizz played the Thunder at home. Uh, Paul George did have 30 points on 29, 29 shots. shots, though. I mean, you'll that's live a, with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of 
<laughs> that's a lot of attempts to get up there. Schroeder actually had the second most on their team. Dennis Schroeder um, coming off the bench with 25 points on a, a little more efficient, 14 shots. But from the Grizzly side, uh, had a monster game from Bruno, a 24-point career high, 11 rebounds, 4-7 from three. You know, really, really exciting game. Uh, what did you guys see in that one? I, I like st- all the starters had 17 points minimum. It's like a super good team effort. Delon with 13 assists. Career like, high. Ri- ri- the Grizzlies like super showed up for that game, and the Thunder they've been kind of on a slide. And I was like, it, it was nice to see uh, us take advantage of someone like that. Yeah, I mean the Thunder just fucking suck right now. They lost to the Mavericks today. I think they lost like six or seven in a row. So we called them at the right time. We took advantage of it. Uh, they still got two very good players in Westbrook and PG. Steven Adams only had two points. So uh, my my thought from the last show on watching how JV does against the big center, I was proven wrong. JV shut him down. Uh, we'll, we can dive into his defensive stats a little more later, but just a good game all around. I mean, Tyler Dorsey, 21, eight boards, five assists, Holiday, 17, seven and five. So just a great all around performance. And of course, JV had a double, double 18 and 14, but OKC really just is, is trying to get to the playoffs. Is Dorsey like a actually good or flash in the pan guy? What do we think? So I, I, he's definitely talented. Um, he can do a lot of different things. He can score. He can distribute. He rebounds well for his size. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where, like, where in the rotation good is he? Is he if if he's your 12th or 13th best player? I think you're in good shape. Um, but then I, I'm like trying to think about the same thing with Bruno. Like, where in the in the pecking order should he be on a legit team? Like, should he be the seventh man and third big off the bench probably not i'm thinking if he's like the 10th man that you can play here and there that would be ideal um so i kind of got that same feeling with tyler dorsey like if he's your backup backup point guard and you have to play him here and there because of injuries like he's more than capable of filling that void and stepping in and also playing alongside guys like mike conley when when you just need that extra spark in in a random tuesday evening matchup against the Mavs or whatever you know what I'm saying yeah like a good pair of fresh legs that can come off the bench and has the potential to get you 20 points which really I think in the past not we haven't really had a bench that like 10 guys deep can get you 20 points like usually we might have like six or seven that even have the potential of doing that so to have the insurance I guess for a, to stretch that a little bit that could be pretty helpful yeah, and I mean, so if he's if we're going into next year and he's slotted as our starting shooting guard, then I think yeah, that's, that's a problem for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that that means the tank is on. So, I but just, someone like Golden State, they'd love to have him because their bench is like super shallow. Most definitely, I think he's definitely worth keeping him around and developing. I mean, it's not to say that he can't become better than that twelfth or thirteenth man, but that's what I would see him as starting in an ideal starting role for next season. Yeah, we have a lot of rotation like. NBA players that should be 12th to 10th men, but are we rely on them to play actual minutes, uh, which right. kind of goes speaks a lot of volumes about our roster. Yeah, yeah. I think that just shows our roster. Yeah, and just not that good right now, especially when you only have 
half of it. How many guys do we have out at this point for the rest of the season? A lot. I like mean, Mike, four? Mike Conley's not playing tonight. It'll be interesting to see how much more he plays. Then Avery's out, Avery Bradley, CJ Miles, Dylan, Jaron Jackson, Kyle, Kyle, Jeez. Uh, Joe Kim Noah hasn't been playing lately. So there's not a lot of guys left. Man. Dusty Hanna's about to get some run. <laughs> he Tune might, into he... the Dusty Hanna show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we followed up the OKC game with the loss to the Warriors. But we were actually we had a lead early in the fourth quarter after kind of trail falling behind early in the game. Then we went on to lose 118 to 103. And the story of this game was really Kevin Durant. He had his best game as a professional. Uh, he shot 12 of 13 from the field for 28 points. The Warriors as a team shot 54 percent from the field, 48 percent from deep. Um, the highlight kind of this one was Jordan Bell being suspended for uh, ordering porn in his hotel room on the assistant coach's credit card or whatever that story is. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> Man, um, what a what an insane move. Why did he need dude. to borrow a credit card? Or order porn. It's 2019, <laughs> my guy. Like the internet. You, you know? Use your phone. <laughs> yeah. Like which makes me think he was ordering some weird shit, like some real niche shit. But, yeah, I mean, maybe he's flipping through the channels and something caught his eye, like on the guide. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe so. Hey, we've all been there, you know. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay, Jonas Valanciunas had 27 and 13. He was taking the two boogie. They had to put Bogut on JV in the second half to kind of slow him down. Bruno, again, had 17 and 13. Mike had 22. So what you're seeing from Bruno is he's kind of starting to string together some games which is a good sign for con- counting on him maybe as the eighth best player on your team next year. You know, maybe he's making a push to make a little stronger impression in the front office's eyes um, of just how strongly we value him going into next season. But it continues to show that he's got a lot of intangibles. He can make shots. He's starting to drive, attack the closeouts a lot more, finish at the rim. He's still got to get stronger on his finishes, but he's intriguing, man. Yeah, and the, kind of the way I look at it for guys like him and Tyler is that even if our roster, everyone's back next year and there isn't necessarily like playing time and they are the 10th, 12th guys off the bench, you know, maybe there's some trade value in there for them that people have seen what they've been able to do over a consistent period of time this year. And maybe that can translate to whatever team that is next year. I mean, if we're willing to overpay for guys like Holiday, maybe who's to say that someone won't you know, be desperate and need something from us. You mean a uh, holiday who had four steals in the first quarter against the Warriors. <laughs> That's the same one. Yeah. <laughs> he's finally oh, that shut one. it down. He, uh, he's going to be a good player for the Lakers next year. <laughs> <laughs> With Mike. Yeah, probably. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a super exciting game last night um, at Phoenix. Grizzlies gave up 38 freaking points in the first quarter, which is a pretty big, pretty big hole to dig yourself out of. So down by 15 after the first quarter and then just kind of clawed back and won won each of the last three quarters, just a little bit at a time. Mike and JV had 33 and 34 points respectively. I want to say the Grizzlies PR tweeted out something about how that was like, having two teammates with 30 plus points for the Grizzlies is just something that 
you know, hasn't happened in forever, which makes sense because if you think about it, who can even score 33 points or 30 points on that has been on our roster, Mark and Mike. And then that was rarely happening. I think Mike and Jaron did it in Brooklyn earlier this year. Did that in the triple overtime game? Yeah, double I'm overtime. Sure they did. Yeah, they did. Like Mike had 38 and Jaron had 37 or something like that. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's been a while. Like it's very few and far between. The time before that, I think, had been a long time ago. Yeah, and JV with 11 offensive rebounds. Yeah, he had 14 points in the fourth quarter too. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton went out with the – I think he rolled his ankle or something like that. So they had Dragon Bender oh, playing the five. Toast. And it was <laughs> barbecue chicken. Yeah, come on. I, it was pick and roll every time. And if Mike wasn't like hitting a floater, then JV was putting his elbow right into Bender's chest and going to the basket. Uh, Dewan Wright had five steals in this one, so he continues to impress too. But it's like, how impressed am I? I don't want him to be my starting point point guard yet. <laughs> not not that impressed. No, be a great backup. He's an ideal yeah. backup. Yeah. And I mean, him, him and Valanciunas are both playing arguably the best ball of their career. Like Valanciunas is really no arguing because he's getting the opportunity and he's producing, but you can kind of say the same for DeLon Wright too. So it, it kind of, you, you can see that they still have some room to grow and it is kind of something to get excited about, but I'm trying to hold my temper, my expectations on the two. Uh, Cause I know chief is not a fan of us running this back. <laughs> It's also hard to say, like when you have a team that has, I mean, you have no expectations to a team that's competing. The the stakes are a lot different, so you're you probably are playing with a different level, like a different mindset. So you really need to see guys in that mindset too, I think, before you can fully pass judgment. And I can't yeah. get excited because last time I got excited, we lost like three games in a row. So I'm I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. Another thing we have in our favor is we got a lot of guys with fresh legs. Like JV hasn't been playing all season. Um, Bruno hasn't really been playing all season, although he was in the D league. He hasn't been racking up big minutes. DeLon, um, Noah, when he was playing, like we had a lot of guys who were kind of on the fresher end, Tyler Dorsey, whereas most teams have guys who are like just struggling to make it to the final days of the season and get to the playoffs. So that that's another thing that's been helping us, but our post all-star break numbers, we'd be since the all-star game, we're eighth in the West record wise. Um, we got the 15th best defensive rating. We're 14th in the league in points per game. We're attacking a lot. We're actually fifth in the league in free throw attempts per game. Uh, ninth in steals, ninth in blocks, eighth in deflections. So the defense is there. I think our, our weak point is one-on-one defense on the perimeter um, we're fourth in opponents, second chance points allowed. So whereas early in the season, teams were kind of pounding us on the glass, uh, since the all-star break, we've been really good in that area. And I think that's credit in large part to Jonas because he's, just oh, doing a he's, he's a monster, down, monster there. down there. Yeah, he got one up, got one up. <laughs> and then we're also third in overall opponent points in the paint per game. So our defense down there has been, uh, regardless of what I said last week about Jay, <laughs> he has been protecting the paint. Um, he, he's allowing 
52.6% field goal percentage at the rim. That's 13th amongst centers. So, um, you know, a little above average, but then in his differential percentage, which is taking what a player normally shoots versus what he shoots against uh, player X, which in this case is JV. He ranks 11th in the league and uh, opposing offensive players shoot 11% less than their average when going against Valanciunas. So Dang, that's, been, that's really significant. Yeah. His one-on-one defense on the block is really good. You know, his pick and roll, we can discuss. He's not, you know, definitely not, not agile, but so it, it, and it's promising for his future with Jaron Jackson, which we've been robbed of seeing because Jaron's been hurt. But a lot of a lot of good things to look into for the pairing in the future and JV's defense overall. Because Jaron can be that mobile guy who you can put in pick and rolls, and he can switch on almost anybody you would hope if he can stop Allen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a th- I had totally had a thought. Oh yeah, here it was. So. A lot of people are saying, you know, Jaron's got to be, he's got to play the five, but I feel like if you have a guy like Jonas, you don't, do you think Jaron has to play the five? Why can't he just be like play the four and then as defensive matchups to allow it, like work around that. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said this to you guys a couple of times. I'm more of, I want to see him become more perimeter oriented than a five man, because I think he has the skills to, to be all of the above, but I think he's more dangerous when he has the ball in his hands. I think you need your superstar to be a player who can make the play with the ball off the bounce. And I think he's shown that he can do that um, to a degree, but obviously in small ball rotations, he can play five, but no, I'm with you. I don't think he necessarily has to be slotted in as a center, especially when you look around the league. And whereas the kind of thought is, that the center is dying. You look at Clint Capella. Yeah, that's exactly who. Yeah. Just a big man down low. Who's not, I mean, he's not like shooting threes. Yeah. I mean, even the warriors got boogie cousins to deal with other big guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Nurkic who just suffered an awful injury. Uh, he was having the best season of his career, but there's a lot of big men Embiid, Mark Saul up in Toronto, <laughs> Serge Ibaka, uh, Vusi. Yeah. I mean, there's big men all around and Anthony Davis, I guess is the, counter because he's kind of playing that five but he doesn't like it he doesn't like having to be that five man because there's so many big bodies that you have to bang around with nowadays yeah and even the pelicans use randall down there a lot like at the five so he really davis is playing the four in that situation not saying that like you want to model everything you do after them because they're obviously not very good but (laughs) I, I, I i like to see uh him model like after siakam kind of deal like a kind of a shifty like wing based four kind of that can be, you can switch and shoots threes and gets to the rim. And he's not, he's not, doesn't have the handles that Stockton has, but that would be a good kind of goal, like a play model player model. Yeah. And I mean, especially pairing with JV who you can toss it into and he can get a bucket on the block. He can pop out enough to keep defensive on defenses, honest on shooting the jumper and allow Jaron to basically do whatever he's feeling that night. So I, I'm excited to see them in the future. What's uh, the pick watch right now? What, how are we feeling about convey or what, where are we at right now in tankathon? We're, we're in eighth now. I think we're half a game back from new Orleans, maybe for ninth. Yeah. Oh, uh, so very attainable. Yeah. We're right there. Uh, I think yeah, it'll, that's it. 
if if Mike plays, you know, a lot of these games closing out the season, then we got a good chance to be that number nine. Yeah, it looks like we're tied with New Orleans, or we're the same amount of games back, but they're in the ninth and we're in the eighth. I guess they've won, won a little bit more. We got, so we have six games left. They've got four games. Grizzly, you got to be quiet. My dog's really excited tonight. <laughs> she turned one year old today, and she's just like wants to be on the podcast and everything. <laughs> oh, kids, man, kids grow up. Yeah. Living up to her namesake. She's grizzly. She wants to start, <laughs> she wants to start creating some content, if that's okay. Yeah, cool. It's going to be like a paw print on the website. <laughs> we appeal I to mean, all dog owners. Yeah. These uh, tankathon standings are more exciting than the actual playoff standings. The West playoff teams are set. The, the top eight, the order is yet to be determined, but all the teams are set. So now they're just kind of jockeying for position. Um, so I imagine the Clippers will come out and play pretty tough tonight and probably, probably beat us out here in LA. But we, do we agree that, do we agree that we need to add a, a lottery talent with Jaron at some point in the next three years? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So if we don't this year, if we convey, then that, that's my point about running it back. If we run it back, then we drastically decrease the odds of that. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends on how good that team can be. That team could just be like this year, and we think we're good, and then we suck. And well, yeah, but then we still win. We're still going to win like thirty some odd. We're still going to win enough games where it's bad, where you end up with the not good lottery pick, which is worst case scenario. Yeah, no, you're, you're you are correct. I mean, unless we are just the thing is, we would kind of be waiting till twenty twenty one. Then, oh no, okay, I, yeah. Listen, man, I'm tired of losing games. This team winning <laughs> winning games has kind of been fun. Like, just losing games puts me in such a down mood. Like, it affects my lifestyle. I just want to win and compete for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I Yeah, I agree. And it, if it weren't, like, the long-term future that I can't help but think about, then I, I would agree. But it's just – I mean, that's why I kind of want this lottery pick this year. You know, like, like I got – give me Zion, man, and then, then, then we'll – then we'll run it back with the with well, the pick from this year. Like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's why we're fighting to get to the nine spot now. So we have those one through four odds, twenty um, percent, and then you you don't get the five, six, seven, or eight. You don't even get odds for those. So then you get your nine pick, um, and you convey. And then if you convey, I think you probably trade Mike Conley. I think any any deal with Mike Conley not only needs a draft pick, but a, a player that you kind of believe in like that, that, that would be more important to me than a draft pick is Alonzo ball or a player that you believe can be um, that piece next to Jaron Jackson, other than a lottery pick, which is going to be up in the air. Um, I would rather just get that, pl- that next piece of the franchise in that trade. Well, the Lakers aren't going to get Kemba. The, I mean, the Hornets are going to max him. They're going to super max him. Right. Like they they need a guy like that to stay there in order to be a anything. Yeah, I mean Kimba, you know he's a New York kid too. He could go home to Brooklyn or the Knicks. Yeah, I think Kyrie's going to New York. I mean, I think a lot of people think that. But yeah, it, now that now they're saying Kyrie said Brooklyn over New York. So oh shit, yeah. Well, Kyrie stirring the pot, man. Come on, yeah, flat earthers, man. He's but, going back to Cleveland for sure. <laughs> but, but so that so my point is, your boy D'Angelo. 
Well, and and my point is that the Lakers are, you know, when you look out there, who do they get, man? Like, uh, Kawhi, everyone's saying is going to the Clippers. Um, and why is that exactly? Instead it, of because he wants to be in, he wants to be in LA, but he just uh, there's like a lot of rumor buzz out there. That no one wants to play with LeBron, and that like everyone understands the media circus and the expectations that come. And LeBron is now kind of entering his twilight years, and it's still obviously incredible, but. Like, it's not like you just go there and make the finals now, you know, not like it used to be. So there's not a lot of incentive, I guess, to go join that team because there are such expectations. So, uh, but he does want to be in LA and, and, you know, the Clippers got a bunch of young, cool pieces. People like Doc Rivers as a coach, the players really respect him. So um, I, I, that's, that's what I've understood it to be. I, I just, we look up and I don't see who the Lakers get. So I think a Mike Conley trade could actually net us some shit for sure. Yeah, I think it's a legit possibility. My only thing to that is if if a superstar goes to the Clippers who are already a playoff team, the expectations that then are going to be that you're a title contender. So they're going to be tough no matter whether you go to the Clippers or the Lakers. Like you're you're going to be expected to be a top team in the West if you're a superstar and you choose one of those teams. Yeah. No doubt that that'll be interesting. I, you know, I guess base, best case scenario is that the Grizzlies get some piece of whatever LeBron was trying to trade for Anthony Davis. If everything else like falls through um, that, if Mike's the best available, you know, point guard that isn't going to sign somewhere and like all the free agents, all that movement happens and the dust settles and no star point guards go there. Then Mike's probably one of the better options for him especially if he plays like this year. I mean, Mike's playing awesome. He's so much fun to watch right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he's he been he's, – since the All-Star break, he's 17th in the league in points per game. He's averaging 26, shooting 48% from the field, 40% from deep, six-and-a-half assists per game. That's 21st in the league. And he has fewer turnovers per game than anyone who has more assists, so fewer than any of the people who are top 20 in assists. And something I didn't expect, he's fifth in free throw attempts per game. So opening up the offense for him, he is just attacking the basket, getting to the rim. Uh, he's been great. And his dad came out in a Bleacher Report article that was released like Thursday, I want to say. And he said that Mike can't be around for that in reference to a rebuild and said it's unfair to put him in that situation after everything he's done. So, um, you know, Mike's dad is also his agent. So I think that's kind of saying – this summer, you know, we expect to be moved. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at peace with that. I think I'd love for Mike to go somewhere and have success. And also this week, uh, Zach Lowe of ESPN, he was on his, I don't know if it was his 10 things. Yeah. It was his 10 things article that he publishes weekly was, uh, talking about Mike even like have should be in the conversation for an all NBA team for like what he's done this year, you know, with the Grizzlies, yeah, carrying the Grizzlies. Torch. Yeah, carrying the Grizzlies. Yeah. He he kind of says like, if Brad Beal and Kimball Walker are candidates for third team, why would Conley? Because he's a better defender, um, and there's a lot more than just straight up scoring and points per game that should be taken into account. So I was, I mean, Zach Lowe loves. I feel like he's loved the Grizzlies for a while. He you know he's all he loved Gasol. Um, he always remembers us when other people forget about us. I guess <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. But I. I was like, dang, I never really thought of it in that situation. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. That would be way cooler than getting elected to an all-star game. Yeah. Uh, you know, top one of the top 15 players. Has, has anyone ever made an all-NBA team and not been an all-star? That'd be a bizarre occurrence, I feel like. I don't know the answer to that. I'm sure I could Google it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I imagine that I would think like a big man somewhere along the lines, like a Rudy Gobert type, but who knows? Or a DeAndre Jordan maybe one year. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, I don't I, A quick Google reveals that I have to Google better, so I'm not going to do that. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach Harper's weekly power rankings on The Athletic, he had an interesting nugget about the Grizzlies coming out of timeouts. And we've scored 83.4 points per 100 possessions coming out of timeouts on 44.7 effective field goal percentage. Um, both of those are worst in the league. JB, what are we doing with JB? What are we doing with the front office? Who, what's getting shaken up here? I mean, there's, I would assume there's got to be a changing of who is in charge in the front office. And I would assume you, Either, either whether you're promoting someone internally or bringing someone from outside, my preference would to kind of clean the slate, bring someone in for outside and uh, start over. And then he could select his coach. And, you know, JB, he's a great guy. Um, I know people say good things about him off the court, but, and we have put together a good little winning streak, but there, there's a lot to be desired for me. But uh, I'm not saying he's, he, we need to fire him because I don't know who we – I don't have the solution of who we could go hire that would be better. Um, and he has dealt with a lot of turmoil. And the team, uh, to his credit, has kind of stayed the course ever since uh, the Marcus Saw trade. And we kind of continued to fight. But there were some, there were some dark moments there in December. <laughs> Shit, man. He he does have one of my one of my favorite uh, post game quotes so far that I've heard with my own ears from a Grizzlies coach. I don't know who it was, but I was leaving one of the games before him. You know, the, they do like I think it's Fish is reading through the stats and everything, and they had the post game presser uh, playing on ESPN, and he said something about uh, it was probably Jonas. He said he had testicular fortitude. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's that's awesome. I'm going to use that whenever I get a chance to. He has grandiose <laughs> grapefruits. He also had the uh, Joe Kim's fucking crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a real dude. Look, look, yeah. I'm team. I'm team. But let's let's drink some beers at local JB and me. But not maybe I'll coach <laughs> my basketball team. So like I, I'm sure he's cool, you know. But uh, I don't know. Show me something. Yeah, maybe I, the yeah. roster. The roster hasn't been that great either. It's hard to judge him based on that. But that 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 I mean that timeout stat is incredibly fucking troubling. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the. It's I like wonder what, what's the direct Kings? coaching stat, right? That's yeah, what uh, I want to know. What's Jaeger doing? Like, yeah, he he was the man coming out of timeouts. I felt like that. Yeah, that's a good like. If you can surpass whatever he's drawing up, then you're in good company. But maybe that far is too high. Our defense was like top 10 or 11. Uh, I didn't write that in my notes, but it was, it was somewhere right around there. So the defense wasn't too shabby. <laughs> People weren't scoring at will off of us. <laughs> <laughs> and neither were we. Yeah. <laughs> Our net still probably didn't come out that great. Yeah. You drinking a fan of dude. Yeah, man. Got a six pack at the grocery store. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I got a Are we going to cross country like, practice later, dude. Hey, I might, man. I'm ready to run. <laughs> Have you had a uh, orange vanilla Coke? 
Man, hell no. Man. I'm tired that of these damn shitty. commercials. I, like. I, it got me. I, I saw one at the like a standalone at the store, and I got it. Chilled it for like six hours, and it was good. What did it taste like? Uh, mostly orange. Not too much vanilla. Like an orange Coke, I guess. With slight yeah, hints, slight hints know, of vanilla. I don't know why. What, what that would... I can't fathom a orange Coke. You know? Like, it's like, like, a, like orange soda. Orange float, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It wasn't like that outrageous of a taste. I did go to a vegan festival yesterday, and uh, I got some vegan jerky. That's interesting. It's uh, it's not bad, but it's kind of like the texture of dog treats. Oh yeah, so. sometimes texture <laughs> can really fuck me up, man. Yeah, uh, but it's not bad. I've been eating it. <laughs> okay, are you vegan now, or are you just like dabbling? Nah, man. Where I work, uh, they had rented out one of my one of my spaces, so I went and uh, checked it out. Went to just go kind of undercover spy on them, see how everything was going. Mm. Got some uh, mac and cheese with some vegan shit. Uh, I don't know what it was. It wasn't no chicken, but it was like cauliflower, and it was it was good. Yeah, yeah, you I'm know, for power, it. Power, power to those people. Yeah, man, that's how you do it. Then I had meatloaf at night. <laughs> <laughs> then you tell them, bro. And he said in the back. I haven't had meatloaf in like three years. I love meatloaf though. It's uh, one of the, one of the Hello Fresh meals, man. Shout out Hello Fresh if y'all mm. want. I, I used to Hello Fresh, but yeah, but the, the single life Hello Freshing would. I had too much of, like good food, and I yeah, it was like stressing me out. I'd be like being bombarded with delicious artisan food. Yeah, because um, it, it comes every week, man. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like the mailman, bro, Carl Malone. Yeah, Hello Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you forget to cancel that shit too. It's like damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I got seven meals. <laughs> <laughs> or you like, or you move into a new apartment, and the person before you had it, and they forgot to cancel it. So you Ooh. like have random. Help, uh, I think Blue Apron. That happened to me a couple times. Just like <laughs> my address. I'm like, well, this person isn't here anymore. I guess this is mine. Dude, yeah. every Hello That's Fresh meal had fingerling potatoes. Do they still have those? Yeah, yeah, like like yeah. like seventy percent of them, they were like chop your fingerling potatoes, and that was just a weird like <laughs> name of a food for chop me. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, yeah. Jamario Jones, who is a Memphis product, recently signed. I think he got a ten day or rest of the season contract with the Lakers. Uh, Ooh, he came out, came out of Melrose in two thousand fourteen. Went to Hill Community College and went to New Mexico State after that, and he was the WAC Player of the Year last year. Uh, so shout out to Jamario Jones, Melrose product. All right, I love the Memphis boys. Sweet, that was good. That was probably better news than Deonta Davis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that tops that one. <laughs> give, him, give him Vince's room. Give Jamario Jones uh, Vince's extra bedroom. <laughs> that, that's just a little nugget, man, for for those people who stayed around listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got anything else? Anything else on the Grizz? Oh man, let's just see three three more games left and see what happens. Yeah, six games, I think, but you know, three at a time. Three at a time. Yeah, yeah, three right. at a time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know, three at home, maybe. I don't know. I had some three in my head. Some yeah, three at home. Uh, hopefully Mike Conley plays a, a few more games at home and can continue to expand on his franchise lead in points. Uh who do you guys think will be the next one to catch him? And I guess this question is really, do you think Jaron Jackson will ever catch yeah. him? <laughs> I, I I can only hope, I guess, uh, hoping that he's a stays around long enough to do it and B plays well enough to do it. I think he will just cause he'll get more opportunity and seems to be further developed at than Mike was at that age. 
yeah. offensively. I, I, I would I would assume Jaron passed Mike uh, this year in rookie like year to year scoring, but I oh don't yeah, know. maybe not because gonna play fifty games or fifty yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure. We'll have to look up look that up. Yeah, we'll get the barn stack guy to do that. <laughs> Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Zach. <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. You're coming out hot with more numbers than me, man. Oh, man. But I'll take the challenge. Well, uh, I'll be putting uh, Mike Conley's top five career moments up. Come, probably have that up Monday or Tuesday. Um, so that, that's been fun fun putting together. Uh, what, what are y'all's Mike Conley's moments? And you can't say the Warriors' uh, mass man game because that, that's number one in everybody's heart. Mine's going to be the um, – even though I wasn't there for it, the um, verse, uh, heads up versus Kawhi in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Because yeah. that was really fun. That was on my bachelor party. So there was like, you know, a bunch of dudes out of town all gathered around the TV watching, cheering for our home team, even though we weren't there to watch it. Yeah. That, I, that we had hope and then it, that didn't work out. But it I was that, that night was really fun. It was fun. I think that's a clear number two. I think mine is not really a. I mean, this is going to be kind of cheating. I feel like it's not a moment as much as it was when he started shooting threes consistently, kind of opened up his game. I remember there was a point where he wasn't, and then suddenly he was hitting them. Mm-hmm. And that was that was when he became the scoring Mike Conley. And so that was like a, I don't know, probably what, 2013, 14 or so, when he started scoring more. Is that also a stat assignment for me? Uh, no. No, okay, that's just good. me talking out of my ass. <laughs> Mason, what was yours? Was yours the mask man? Uh, I, I was just frozen out for a second. My internet was fucking up. Uh, what would you ask me? <laughs> what was yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mask man's number one. I think that's that's everybody's number one. That's there, there's not a better moment than that. Uh, that was just ridiculous. Good old Mike. Get in. Hopefully, enjoy him a little bit more this year. Uh, I look forward to reading the reading your article, Mason. And everyone can find that at the-barnburner.com later this week. You can subscribe to the Barnburner Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those places. Give us a good rating, if you please. Give us some feedback. We're always open to it. You can find us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show if you want to interact with us. And I guess that wraps it up for us. Mason got kicked off, so I think that'll do it. Until next time, we'll see you later. Peace. Peace.